that you can actually be a passive investor in a hard money lending company. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing peachy keen. How about you, Todd? Well, we uh, we showed up wearing matching t-shirts. So if you're watching on YouTube, of course, you can see our you know, perfectly matched uh, attire. So it's, it's great. But no, man, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, just busting away. So Matt, we've been doing this asset class series today. We're going to kind of continue it, but a little bit of a, a I guess, a, a difference, right? What, what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about kind of two different things that are sort of combined. Uh, there's hard money lending, and then there's passive investing, because you can be passive in hard money lending, um, but then there's different kinds of passive investing as well. Yeah, and I, I, we combine these because, you know, ultimately, you're using your funds to invest in um, real estate. So in hard money, um, you're a lender, right? You're a hard money lender. Um, and, and you're using your cash to provide money, usually to flippers, people that are flipping houses. Uh, it could be for rental purposes uh, as well. People that are buying a house, they're going to renovate it, and then they're going to uh, get a loan on it and keep it. But usually it's for people that are in and out fairly quickly. So um, I used a little bit of hard money. I didn't a lot when I was uh, flipping, but... How it was when I was using it is, you know, you would pay um, for the appraisal and the inspection. Uh, those those are costs up front, and then a little bit of admin costs. It was pretty cheap, and then you would pay a two percent fee right up front as well. And so, whatever amount you're you're borrowing, um, let's call it a hundred and fifty thousand dollars called two hundred thousand dollars right so two hundred thousand dollars you're borrowing you're gonna pay two to three percent right up front when you close the loan and that that's profit that goes directly to the hard money lender okay and then of course it's secured your your loan is secured against the the house that's being flipped or, or the you know rental or whatever it is um and then you get payments during the hold period. So during the time that they're renovating, you're getting payments. And those are usually fairly high, like 10, 12, 14%, depending on what the market rate is. Um, I know when I was first starting to do it, the market rate was like 15, 16%. And then it went all the way down to like 9, 10%. Um, and I, my guess, I, I haven't really looked, Matt, I don't know if you have uh, lately, but my guess is the rates are going up a little bit. Yeah, maybe a year ago or so is the last time I checked and it was around 13 or so at that point. But uh, yeah, certainly higher interest than your typical um, you know, long-term uh, loan, but it had, suits a purpose as well you know, for the yeah. investors that are active because while it's high interest, it's short term, it allows them to get into a deal. It's much easier to get approved for a hard money loan than it is a traditional loan. Uh, and if they're doing flipping, which 
mostly it's for that it works really well for that. Um, yep. you, you can get hard money loans for any kind of real estate, really. Um, but uh, again, you want to make sure that the deal works out with higher numbers of uh, interest rates and fees and such. Yeah. And so, and you mentioned that you can actually be a passive investor in a hard money lending company. And mm -hmm. so, you know, our, our friend, uh, friends from Pine Financial, uh, we've had uh, Kevin on the show, Kevin Amosh on the show. Um, they provide hard money loans. So they're a hard money lender. And, and Kevin is, is truly a hard money lender. Like he's licensed, like they're, they're actually, you know, doing a lot of loans a year. You can, you can do this as kind of like a side hustle. If you've got an extra, you know, million dollars, half million dollars sitting around, you can do this and lend to, you know, just a few people, uh, and do it as a hard money lender. And, and, you know, you can't, I think it's, uh, five mortgages a year you, you can do without really, getting uh, approved to do it but you know pine financial they're they're doing deals in colorado minnesota wisconsin i think they're out east in dc so, washington dc um you know so they obviously <laughs> they've they've got a, a whole system um down. But if you're like, Hey, this sounds interesting. I don't want to deal with all the paperwork. I don't want to deal with all the legalities. I don't want to like deal with if somebody doesn't pay me, Kevin has a fund and you can actually invest passively in his, his uh, fund and you can make a return on that. Of course, the return is not going to be as good as if you're doing the hard money by yourself, but it's going to be a lot more probably stable and secure because it's, you know, it's, multiple, multiple, multiple loans kind of throughout the year. And so the the risk profile there is is probably pretty slim. Of course, talk to talk to Kevin if you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, but yeah, it's uh hard hard money is definitely a good way if you're looking to make some passive-ish income. Uh it's a it's a good way to get involved. Yeah, and I know with Pine Financial, it's uh, your your money is liquid if you're investing with them in their fund. Uh, so you can put it, your money in and take it out whenever you want. Uh, and last I checked, it was something like an eight uh, percent interest that you get on that. Um, so I, I guess I don't know if that's current or not. But uh, yeah, reach out to Pine Financial Group if you want to learn more about what they have going on with that. Yeah, and I think they've they've expanded quite a bit and they've done a good job. So they they'll they'll offer some. You know, if, you, if you've got a commercial property, they've got some options there. I don't think they're doing anything really big, but um, they're doing some commercial property stuff and they're doing quick bridge loans. Um, you know, if you just some sometimes you just need to get a property purchased and you're going to sell it the next day, you know, wholesale it basically, um, you know, they, they, they've got options for you. So there's there's lots of options and there's lots of ways to do these properties. Uh, these hard money slash bridge loans. Uh, let, let's transition then, Matt. Uh, we talked about some of the profits you can make there. It's, I would say, uh, riskier, certainly, as a, as a hard money lender um, because you're dealing with people that are flipping and it just it just is inherently riskier. There is a probably a better chance of, of a foreclosure uh, or of you not getting the, the profits you expected. 
and it takes work, right? You have to do your due diligence on every single buyer and you have to make sure you're going through the legal process and all that kind of stuff. And you're responsible for all that. Uh, with other passive investing, it might come in various shapes and sizes, but we'll talk about what we're most familiar with, which is uh, investing in syndication. So Matt, why don't you take us through the process of uh, or, or what it looks like to invest in a syndication? Yeah, essentially you, uh, okay. Yeah, it's very complex. So I'll try to make well, this. Let's for, just, yeah, let's just start simple and then we can dive deeper. Yeah, essentially it's, you know, people pooling their money and resources and, and time and knowledge to be able to take down a larger property than maybe any of them want to on their own. And so some of the investors are active and like overseeing the day-to-day -day operations. And then some of the investors are only passive where they don't do any work whatsoever. So if you're on the passive side, then you're essentially investing with whoever is on the active partnership. You like, I would say the, the general partnership or the active side matters more than the actual deal itself. So mm -hmm. you really want to vet that sponsorship team. Um, you know, much deeper than you're even, in, in, you know, looking at the deal because a, yeah. a good, solid, reliable operator uh, who's in charge, who has a good track record, good experience, has been through the ringer, uh, you know, taken deals full cycle and, and performed at a certain level in the past, they're probably going to be able to do similar in the future. Of course, nothing's guaranteed, but uh, we, also while you're a passive investor, generally, typically I'm, I'm looking at deals that uh, would double your money in five years about, um, but I mean- yeah. Everything's different depending on the market and the asset class and such. Yeah. I mean, today's markets is challenging. And um, <clears throat> I think anybody who invested passively in a deal in 2021 or 2022 has to have a reality check that says, well, I was hoping to double my money in five to seven years, but it might not happen. And uh, hopefully I get out with my money, my original capital with some profit. Uh, I think most people, I think there's going to be a lot of deals that end up doing well. There's going to be other deals that don't do well, but I don't think there's going to be many deals that were bought even in 2020, 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022. I don't think there's going to be many deals that end up hitting that uh, double digit return or, or much greater than I should say. Um, you know, you, we were seeing deals that were hitting like 40, 50, 60% IRR. I don't think you're going to see those deals over the next uh, few years that are going to go full cycle. And I think a lot of deals that you're going to see are going to make investors a little bit smaller returns. And that's just, um, you know, the risk that you take, the market shifted quickly. And, and honestly, the fundamentals of the market are very, very similar to what they were just a year ago, it's the interest rates. When the interest rates all of a sudden skyrocket by, you know, five hundred basis points, it makes a big difference. So, so yeah, that's just uh, the risk of the market. Of course, now is probably the time to be looking to invest. If you're sitting here going, "Hey, I've got some capital. What do I do with it?" In my opinion, now is the time to pay attention and to start really learning and getting to know uh, sponsors. And getting to understand the markets and getting to understand the niche that you like, multifamily, self-storage, uh, mobile home parks, you know, office, and, uh, retail, industrial, so, so on. Right? Getting to know those and saying, okay, this is where I want to place some money. Um, I think that there's a better opportunity now than, than there maybe 
you know, was in hindsight, of course, is always perfect, right? It's always 2020, but um, I think it is a, it's probably a good time to be, to be looking and to be really paying attention to, to the deals that are going around. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm expecting there to be some opportunities here as we're coming you know, further into the second part of the year, because uh, a lot of these deals you were talking about, operators are struggling with uh, all the, the market conditions that are going on with the higher interest rates and such. Yep. So there'll be opportunity to get some of these uh, properties at a discount or come in with uh, you know rescue capital to save some of these deals, but then get a bigger lion's share of, of the profits because you're coming in to kind of save it. Yeah. Um, so as a passive investor, how do you determine like when's the best time to buy? Let's start with that. Like, how do you go? Well, Matt, you just, you literally just said that latter half of this year and the next year, um, you know, that could be a good time. So how do you say, well, I've got this deal that's in front of me today. Should I invest in that or should I just wait? Because there's going to be better deals coming up. How do you decide to when to invest? Well, you know, the best time to invest in real estate is 20 years ago, and the second best time is now. But uh, right now, if you're looking at a particular deal and you haven't invested before, uh, especially with that particular sponsor, uh, you know, you could invest a little bit of money or you could just not invest and then pay attention to see how well that deal is performing to just try to get to know what's going on. But uh, I mean, it, it's certainly okay. Uh, if you're vetting the sponsor and the sponsor seems good and has a good track record, and the deal seems okay too, then then I, I see no problem with investing right now. But uh, it's really impossible to time the market. You can't just think like, okay, hey, we're at the, the absolute bottom of the market now and everything's going to go up from here. You, you just can't predict that. And uh, yep. yeah, but uh, if it's the right time for you to start investing, then uh, you know, pull the trigger. There's lots of people who think about investing, learn about it, but never take action. And so that's all for nothing, but uh, taking action, um, when the time is right, it's the best thing to do. Yeah. I mean, look, that was a lesson I learned and I didn't do it myself. I, I was actually naive and didn't know that I shouldn't be buying. I was buying in 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, when I shouldn't have been buying, at least according to the experts, right? Uh, I bought a lot of properties. I did really well on all those properties. But according to the experts, I shouldn't have been buying. They were waiting and they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited until 2013, 2014, many of them 2015, until the market started to prove that it was ready to rebound and they waited that long. So they missed out. Here's the deal. They didn't, they, they still made money, right? They still did well. They they. Bought in 2013, great, great time to buy, right? 2014, 2015, great, great times to buy. Okay. But they missed out on all of that opportunity that came that they came about in 2008, all the way through the beginning of 2013. They, they just missed out on. It. And that was all these institutional companies. That's the biggest, smartest, brightest people in the world, apparently, according to them. That's who you should be listening to, but they were wrong. They were completely off their rockers and they should have been buying in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, but they didn't. So if you're sitting here as an investor, exactly what Matt said, look at the deal, look at the sponsor, look at the business plan. How how are they expecting to be profitable? What, what kind of plan? And does it make sense? Make sure that all works out. And then does 
do the return metrics make sense? Not are they super attractive where we're going to make 20, 30%, but are they attractive enough where we're like, okay, yeah, I could, I, I like that return. And are they believable enough? And that's the biggest thing. Are you going, oh yeah, look, they've got modest rent bumps. So they've got great comp comparable properties. Uh, I can see how they can get to this path. Uh, man, these guys really vetted this deal and uh, and I feel super confident in what they can achieve. That's what you need to that's what you need to be in order or be saying in order to invest in a deal. If the if the boxes get checked, then do it. And that's what we're looking at. I mean, Matt, we're underwriting so many deals. Most of these deals aren't even close to us. The sellers are wanting prices that they could have gotten a year ago, and we're needing to buy for prices that are realistic today. And, and that's just how it is. So we're buying almost nothing. And as an investor, you might not be investing in every deal that comes to you because they might not be good, but you should be betting them. You should be looking at them. You should be determining, does this is this one right for me? Exactly. And also don't invest in a deal just to be in a deal. You, you got to do that deal due diligence. And that comes to another point of that passive investing with real estate is never like 100% truly passive. It, it, it's going to take some work and there's a gradation of uh, you know different levels of work because if you're the full passive, you, you still have to do that research into the sponsor, into the deal, maybe into the market as well to know that where your capital is going, it, it's going to be a, a good investment and you're going to hopefully get a good return on that. Because if you're just throwing your money blindly, uh, you know, for me, that's, uh, uh, you know, I'd rather go to Vegas and have some fun, I suppose, but um, and understand that your money is, it's still not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. The returns are very attractive, but, you know, I was just talking to um, a, an investor and they invested in a very um, reputable builder sponsor um, that, that they've done a lot of deals and they got into a deal with them that ended up making no money. And luckily they got their, their capital back out of the deal. Um, but this, this was a company who's been around for quite a while and has, has done really well. Um, but you know, again, it's nothing's guaranteed. So there was, there's a risk there and they put their money into the deal and the deal ended up being a return of zero. Um, and there's other people that put money into deals and they end up getting not even their money back, right? They don't get anything or they get a smaller percentage of their money. Um, so you just have to be aware of what you're, Investing in it's no different than uh, there's differences, right? But it's no different than investing in the stock market, where you put your money into, you know, a, a certain company, and a, that company can go out of business. It's, it certainly can, and your stock goes to like, look, if you invested in, uh, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, your investment's probably not looking very good, right? <laughs> I mean, it just isn't, um, but. You can also invest in great deals, you know, um, like in the stock market. You know, if you invested in uh, Tesla when it was at the bottom, you're looking pretty good, right? Uh, so you, there's there's plenty of real estate deals that are uh, very very attractive and very good, and I would say much much less volatile, of course, than the stock market too. Um, much more likely to have the positive than the negative. 
I agree. And then, you know, also with that same vein of nothing's guaranteed with real estate, like even the best like batter in major league baseball, who's hitting homers all the time, they're not going to hit a home run every time. Like once in a while, they might strike out, but they're still overall a good performing uh, baseball player. It's the same with syndication sponsors. Like they could be, uh, you know, doing really good for the majority of the time, but sometimes there's just unexpected things that happen that even their experience and knowledge and skills aren't enough for to be able to handle. Um, and, and so, I'd say if you have like a million dollars to invest in real estate, don't put it all into just one deal. Spread oh, it out 100%. across multiple deals that mitigates at least some of that risk. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If, you, if you're if you've got that allocated, figure out that's a perfect way to do things too, Matt, is just figure out what your allocation is. Like how much do you want to put into real estate? If so if it's fifty thousand dollars, you're gonna to have to go into one deal, likely. Okay. If it's a hundred thousand dollars, take that hundred thousand, put it into two deals. If it's five hundred thousand, take in, put into, you know, I don't know, somewhere between three and six, seven, eight deals, right? Um, if it's a million dollars, like you said, you know, put that into 10 deals, like spread it out. It, it doesn't have to be 10, but you know, I wouldn't be, if I had a million dollars to invest today put in, in, in wanting to allocate it into real estate, passive real estate investments, I would invest in between six and 10 deals. That's, that's where, how I would allocate my money. Um, and it, that spreads your risk. And I probably would pick a couple different asset classes, quite frankly. Like I would, and I wouldn't go crazy, but I would pick multifamily and I would maybe look at another type of asset class that I would be attracted in, you know, industrial, um, self-storage, mobile home parks. I would look at, I would look at those even retail, depending on the location. Yep, exactly. And and with different operators as well. Um, and different operators. That's another good, great point, Matt. Yep. All right. So not, I, not, here's the other thing too, by the way, not six to 10 different operators, because that's really hard to vet. I would be investing in two to three operators because I can do my due diligence on them. I can build that relationship and I can start to feel confident with them if I've got two or three sponsors, but six to 10, six to 10 deals, six to 10 sponsors, six to 10 asset classes, you're just asking for um, deals to go bad. One question I get a lot from passive investors is like how to meet these syndication sponsors uh, you know, to, to be able to start vetting them. And I'd say, uh, you know, listen to a lot of these different podcasts. I mean, you know, Todd has a bunch of, uh, on on here, this podcast that he interviews. I interview a lot on my other podcast, the Passive Real Estate Podcast, or go to meetups or better at conferences, real estate conferences where real estate syndicators go. Yeah, You can be a passive investor and go there and then just start meeting people and then, yep. yeah, and see who you like. Yeah. Uh, you know, Perfect, uh, easiest way to do it. Exactly what you said, Matt. Listen to real estate podcasts. Um, the the other way to do it is to go to the conferences. The other way to do it is to go online and, and look on you know Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Bigger Pockets, you know, so on, and find the sponsors there. Uh, so you'll you'll find them. Uh, you'll be able to. Now, not everybody is active on the podcast. Not everybody is active on social media. And so the other thing is referrals. If you know other people that are doing it, hey, who who have you invested with? Um, and as you get in this kind of industry and you start to 
meet people, you'll meet more sponsors. Yeah. It takes some effort to kind of get in yes. and, and learn the, who who is good and who's not, but it's, I'd say that's well worth your time and yep. energy to be able to do because you don't want to invest with just some person you Googled and, and uh, you know, and, but this is their first deal ever and they've never done real estate yeah. before and, right. and just check, trying it out. Uh, uh, for me, I don't want to put my money with them because that's kind of a, a big gamble. Who knows yep. what happens, but, and uh, they're probably not set up to handle the, the serious problems that are inevitable from time to time with real estate. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, um, it's definitely an, uh, not an asset class necessarily. I mean, but but a strategy and, and a good strategy at that, especially if you don't want to be active, right? A lot of people think they want to get into real estate because it's, uh, you know, creates a lot of millionaires, more millionaires than anything else. And so they say, hey, I want to get into real estate and they go buy their single family home or their apartment or their small commercial building or whatever, they'd go do that. And they find they've got a headache and they don't have the time for it. And it didn't create the financial freedom they wanted. It created a headache and they hate it. So if that's you, uh, really understand why you want to get into real estate and understand, is it passive, hard money lending or syndication or you know various other small strategies within that? Or is it active and, and decide what's best for you? Exactly. And you can try different things uh, if you're not sure. Or, or... So th there's a million different yeah. ways to make money in real estate. And you just have to decide what makes the most sense for you and, and then do that. Absolutely. All right, Matt. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. And stay cool. It's definitely summer out there. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.